and my co-host, Aiden. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, guys, wherever you're listening from. Uh, 18 games in a row, unbeaten. It's a very good time to be a, a gooner right now. But then again, if we just think of uh, the game on, uh, what was it, last Sunday? Was it Sunday? Or Sunday, just... Sunday, yeah, Sunday. The match against Bournemouth, uh, again, a case of same old, same old, slow, sluggish uh, 15 minutes, then slowly starting to get a foothold in the game. What was your take on the game, like the early part of it? Look, the first part, first go to the formation, I was actually, before I go that, I was actually happy the way Emre actually is a mastermind tactician to go into the game like that, but... First few minutes of the game, once again, like you mentioned, very sluggish. It, it needs to change because somewhere along the line, we're going to end up being 3-0 down. It, it may not have happened as yet, but it's going to happen. I mean, we, we cannot be starting this slow in games. And Bournemouth, we were lucky that Bournemouth didn't punish us because we were mostly hitting passes, just lack of communication again. I mean, like, uh, something that, that kind of frustrated me. I mean, look, it was, again, a brave decision by Emery to uh, drop Ozil for a game like this. Because, look, it was going to end up, you know, going down the uh, physical part of this, uh, this game. But, you know, having somebody, again, like Mkhitaryan, that also don't make things much easier. Because what frustrated me, especially first off um, with him, he, like, you know, we were going forward. Then, you know, like maybe, as you said, that sloppy pass or, or too casual. Then he gets dispossessed, and then you watch what, like you know, as the thing unfolds, he does not make that, you know, that run, like that lung busting run to try to somehow, you know, correct the wrong. So he, he you know, he allows, he loses position, allows them to come, you know, in this heavy wave of, of attack, so to us. And then I think to myself, look, you know, it's a team game. You need to, you know, graft because I think there was one part also where, uh, I think it was Bellerin. There was a, a, a moment where. You know, he just completely left the, his guy, and I think Bellerin had a right go at him, you know, for, you know, leaving him vulnerable like that, because it was all like Bellerin had to cover um, Ryan Fraser, and I forgot there was other tricky midfielder. Yeah, I think the, the two of them were playing between themselves. I mean, it's like they were just playing around Bellerin with ease. So, you know, they had like, a, you know, a few tough words for him, and then, you know, he made almost like a... Slight improvement second half, but still, uh, it, it frustrated a lot of fans. Uh, even on Twitter, you could see people up in arms at, at that sort of performance from him. I mean, it, it wasn't like a, a brilliant team effort, but they were still struggling. Yeah, it, 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 Mkhitaryan, like, even though the team is struggling, he struggle looks like it's worse than the rest of the team, you know what I mean? I mean, some guys can get away with a poor performance because they're crafting hard, but it's like he's not doing either. He's playing poor and he's not working off the ball. And I mean, like you mentioned, we were very lucky. Like, we should have been behind, in my opinion, with that David Brooks in the eighth minute when he scored that goal, it was disallowed. Yeah. Um, you know, just back to the game now with, you know, we take the lead through that Jefferson Lerma own goal. I mean, it was also, I wouldn't say really against the run of play because look, at that point after that 20th or so minute, we started, you know, uh, putting our foothold in the game or getting a foothold in the game and and you know a good play by Colosinac on the left flank. I mean I found he actually played also a decent game. Uh 
because it was almost like allowing that fullbacks, you know, it was almost like stunting the, 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 the pushing forward every time on on counters and stuff like that. So he whips in a, like a fantastic little cross. And I mean that Jefferson Lerma comes, you know, full brute force of a midfielder, a grafter, and he just smashes the ball past Begovic. And I mean, we take a, you know, <laughs> I, was, I wasn't really expected to lead with a fantastic own goal. Probably one of the goals of the season had it been in, in the Arsenal side of the field. Yeah, because I mean, I was just watching Begovic's reaction. I mean, it came so quickly by. I mean, by the time he had his hand, hand up, the ball was already in the net. I think in this game, we saw Kalasinic is a much better wing back than an actual left back because he, he struggles defensively. But if you give him that freedom to bomb forward and you give him that extra protection of an additional centre back, it kind of brings out more to his game. And then, um, you know, that goal actually seemed to kind of wake up uh, Bournemouth somewhat. And they started, you know, you know, cranking up the pressure on us. And it was starting to get worried yeah, from the 35th minute onwards because you could see, you know, something's going to give because we were, you know, toying too much around with the ball instead of, you know, playing a direct brand of football. And, you know, we were punished on the, I think, 45th minute where yeah. they came bursting down the flank like it and... You know, when I saw the counter playing out, because the, the the view you had, you could see our midfielders are not going to catch up in time because, in a way, Torreira and Xhaka were starting to play so high up trying to put pressure on Bournemouth. Yeah. It was, you know, asking for trouble with a counter attack. And by the time the ball then broke forward, Callum Wilson was, you know, doing a lung-busting run down the uh, left flank. He looks up, he plays the ball across infielders. Uh, David Brookski, which I, I mean, I find him a a real potential. I mean, I never heard of him much before, but, you know, he made me sit up and watch this guy's performance. And then he took the, takes the ball and he plays it out wide. And there's Josh King standing on the edge of the box, totally unmarked, you know, again, yeah. silly, silly uh, picking up from the defense. So, you know, and no communication either. So he's end up say he ends up getting the ball. And you actually see he still has the time to take, get the ball, take it on, look up, yeah. And then he, it's a, I mean, a brilliant shot in the top corner, past Leno. But it was silly to lose the ball like that in in your in Bournemouth's half so late into the first half. I mean, they could have just had to kill it, see the first half out, and go into half time one 0 up. And I mean, they got caught basically with everybody up, and then we got caught on the counter attack. So I feel that something needs to work on. I mean, once again, not you going into half time with the. I just want to add regarding that. What I don't understand sometimes when you watch their play, I mean, look, we are a brilliant team in position, but it's like that point, that moment where we lose the ball or especially that, that, that uh, last five minutes where last five or first five when goals are normally conceded, that is where we lose that concentration. And then, you know, that natural you know possession game that we would be showing in the fifth, like, you know, 15 to 35 minutes, that is all gone. Then it's like more panicky, more just kicking out and, and, you know, doing silly little errors, which ends up, you know, uh, eating us tenfold. But I mean, second half, we we came out much better. And you actually saw us taking control of the game. And that was a, a lovely pass again by Iwobi that set up Kalasnitz to hit the cross in for Obama Young. Yeah, because I mean, oh, it, it was again a case of, you know, catching them out. Because, look, it was a quick free kick. 
that you can see they were yeah. prepared. And you know, somebody uh, watching somebody like Ryan Fraser. I mean, you mentioned him like when we were speaking a week before the game about you know what a danger man he is. You know, he's pacey. Yeah, he's dangerous with the assists. And but it's not like we started asking questions about like you know, can you defend? You can. Yeah. You, Oh, good and well, you're gonna go forward. And if you watch that ball, he totally loses the that the Colosinos behind him when that when he will be plays that ball. By the time he looks around when that ball gets played past in the like through the channel for, for Colosinos, by the time he looks around, Colosinos has already passed him and got the, the run on him already. And I mean by that time, by the time he turns around to you know do the backtracking, the ball has already been crossed for Aubameyang to slide in. But you can see it's something that they've trained on, or maybe that maybe Imre watched on because um, moments before that, Xhaka actually tried the same thing, but he overheat the pass. But he also tried that to slide it almost between yeah. the defense to uh, Kolasinac. And I mean, maybe that could have also led to a goal if we got it right. And you know, two players I also want to give uh, a big mention to um, Torreira and Leno. I mean, yes. both yes. men, you know, for over the 90. I mean, at times, Torreira was frustrating us somewhat in the first half because look, he was getting a bit too adventurous for our liking. But I mean, other than that, second half he was breaking up play, getting stuck in. And I mean, it was also uh, the the tactical changes I found spot on because he took off Torreira because look, Torreira I think it was something like the seventy seventh or seventy fourth minute where you could see Torreira had run his legs. You know, he's he yeah. flat out tired, and that is when Guendouzi came into here again. He had that. Some uh, like the rejuvenated uh, youngster coming in, and you know doing the the pressing that was needed and stuff. And we were then you know getting forward with all this, you know, trying to take advantage of that that latter part. Because you can see all that pressure of Bournemouth in that, for, you know, for the majority of the first half. I don't know if if, if we private message each other or something like that. Where I still said they cannot keep up that sort of tempo also for the full night. Yeah. All of a sudden you could see. If somebody like say Jaka was getting his foot on the ball, playing it out wide and 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 uh straight to Reira, and then they were all everybody was last on there, have more time on the ball. Look at Mukatarin, even had opportunities not to start running at people where yeah. he was he was it was like frustrating us in the first part of the game. I'm surprised they never took Mukatarin off or was I am I not am I speaking under correction where he played the full ninety. Yeah, but uh, look, they um I don't know if you saw the press conference after the game with, with Emery where he said their play I think half time already the decision was made that Ozil would not come on for the second off either. Like, you know, he wouldn't be called upon. And I think it would probably have been if it was now really uh, a bad injury from, from one of the attacking players, then I think Ozil could have made the show. But I think you can see uh, Emery, as Emery said, it was a game where you know, for, uh, people that can add a physical touch to the team, they were the ones needed for the squad. And you can see, I mean, maybe it's like a slap in the face or a wake-up call for Ozil, but it was now, you know, time for uh, somebody else, like the grafters, to step up in a game like this. Which, I mean, it was, if you look at it over the, the course of the 90, it was going to be a game where grafters were needed. You could not risk any, you know, passengers or whatever going for this game. Look, it's, 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 I think we've always spoken about this where, um, we wanted a manager or we wanted Wenger to charge games on your opposition you're playing. And I think Emre does a bit more of that because I'm sure a Wenger team would have had Ozil in and we would have maybe had a bit of a softer underbelly in the game. But Emre knew what was needed and he makes brave decisions as well. He's not scared to keep out the big guns or the so-called big guns. We've seen 
Aubameyang being on the bench, now Uzel a few times on the bench. So he makes decisions and logical decisions as well, which actually benefits the team in the game and against the opposition we're playing. It's not the case of, oh no, we will play our way all the time, regardless who we're playing against. I mean, uh, also another person I want to give a like, you know, little mention to is Mustafi. Because, I mean, I didn't take oh. it. Not, sorry, sorry, not Mustafi. Sorry. <laughs> uh, Socrates. Because yeah. <laughs> you know, going into the game, it was already, everybody was saying Callum Wills is going to have his number. Callum and I mean, look, the two of them were in a couple of wrestling matches going into the game. Yeah. But I mean, he, if you look, but for that, that cross that led to the Josh King goal, he actually kept him under wraps because at, at one point I actually was thinking later on in the game was Wilson sub early on in the second half because all of a sudden that channel, you know, whether he was, uh, you know, getting the freedom a bit somewhat in the first half was, look, McTarin was leaving that spot exposed for him to always get the run on us. But all of a sudden he was like, you know, picked up more closely by, by Socrates and, you know, it was almost like just nullifying him throughout the game then. Yo, speaking about Mustafi, um, like heading or, or like to the end of the match now, where Mustafi gave a dangerous challenge on the end, a needless dangerous challenge at the on the edge of the box. I thought, I didn't know what went through his mind. It's like he always has this blood rush to the head and just does silly decisions all the time. He, I don't think he thinks about it. For me, also, I, thought, uh, I, th- I think one of the players also had a shout, uh, you know, go at him because. They were trying to exp- or shout at him or explain to him that there were two players ahead of him that were actually just going to buffer that. Because look, that guy, you can see the only thing he had on his mind was to shoot that. Um, I forgot who the player was. But he was about to shoot. And it was like we, they were starting to you know, close in on him with that, like a three-man press. And uh, when I saw again, when I just saw that, he had, like, you know, that, that nonchalantly tripping the plane, I'm thinking, <laughs> in the law, I mean, it's the last minute. Of, of injury time and you're doing a thing like that and I mean you're supposed to be this international and that's you know a person that to give him benefit of the doubt benefit of the doubt but I mean decisions like that's not gonna make you you know win fans over yeah so yeah we but at the end of the day we take the three points and then from there we moved on to Ukraine to try to actually make it 18 in a row unbeaten what is your thoughts of that game Regarding the Warsaw game. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, you know, at first, uh, I just want to also make note to to, to the listeners. Uh, there was a lot of confusion and, and, and anger also going into this game because uh, I think something like 48 hours before the match to, was to take place in uh, Forskla, uh the UFO official said, look, because of this, uh, at, the, at the moment, it's also like, you know, war rumors going about between Russia and the Ukraine. So UEFA said Vorskla would have to move the uh, match from that area in Vorskla, which is, I don't know, I don't know if it was now more hyped up or than anything, but they wanted that game moved from there to Kiev. So, of course, the home fans also did not really agree to this decision because they also felt it was way too short notice. And then the game was played in Kiev in the national stadium. So, we already were going in there and it's, you know, getting into the heart of winter and it was something like minus nine pitch level for nine, nine minus nine degrees Celsius at, uh, for the match. So, you know, I, I was thinking to myself, oh, like, you know, my mind was already drifting to, 
the days under Wenger when we used to go there with maybe the B team or something like that to Kiev yeah. to go to Moscow or something like that. And we would normally get a battering there. And I, I was in my mind, I was thinking when I saw the the squad with all the changes because look in came Maitland Niles, Jenkins and Lichtsteiner, Ramsey, Gwendozi, El Nini, Smith Rowe, and Ketia and yeah. from the first eleven. So I was just I didn't know how this team was gonna gel really, but I heard uh, they said you know, also big up to Freddie because look, Freddie Lundberg is now coach of the under twenty threes, and yeah. he probably also advised Emery. You know, these guys are the ones, so that I think, like, especially the young, to the young guys, you know, the potential to get into that first team for this uh, away game. So that's it. Game was played. I think uh, Forsgaard probably started somewhat brightly the first five minutes, but I mean after that. Arsenal just started steamrolling them because the, I don't know what that, that that tactic really was of them, but they were playing so, uh, you know, they wanted to be more compact in the middle. So, I mean, yeah. it, it left them so vulnerable, left and right flank. So, I mean, we ended up just bombarding them down there because, I mean, Liechtenstein was playing more like a right yes. yeah. throughout the game and, and, um, and until Michael Niles was also bombing down at left and at, at will. But I must make mention to that Emil Smith-Rowe that, that you spoke about. I mean, if you go back to the beginning of when we started this podcast, he, uh, he was one of the guys that you spoke about being a prospect. And to be honest, I didn't you know, take much note because there was always like hype about, you know, back in the day, Rene Adelaide, all those guys. And now when you actually see this guy playing, he, he, he's such a talent. He, oh. And you see that that is the thing with with him. He shows that confidence, and I think that uh, when you have somebody like Emery also now being your coach, it's almost like that early part of of Wenger's career where you saw this young talent he was bringing through. That, that you think what they got him from Barcelona, they got him from this or whatever, and you saw these, these players develop at you know making ginormous strides in the squad, and and now you have there has been almost like into a lull when we had to now you know cut corners somewhat with a stadium move and, and as that his uh, career was also waning down as manager. Now you see that 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 more fresh you know approach now to things. You you see people now getting the opportunity. You don't have to just knock on the door the whole time. You're gonna get the chance because you know this guy's gonna give you that opportunity to you know put yourself on the, 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 the world stage in football now. And is it said for the guys to push on? I mean if if they're going to do well, they will be rewarded. Unlike, you know, the latter part of the Wenger reign where you would just fall in for a, like an unimportant game and then come match day in the Premier League or there's a Champions League game and then you would get chucked out of the squad immediately again. So, so that is the incentive. Yeah, it's not like you're going to just, you know, be simply deposed. You're just going to lose your spot just like that. But yeah, you can actually, you know, get a good run of games or, or well, good performances, you can actually squeeze yourself in, whether it's a spot on the bench or who knows, maybe even a, a midfielder slot in the first 11 or something. But um, with that, uh, the goals, Smith and Rowe on 11 minutes, you know, really clever playing the build-up. And then, of course, uh, penalty won by Ramsey, who decides to also then take the penalty. Easy slots at home. We're going into a tuna lead already after 27 minutes. And then, I mean, you could say the tie was over by the 41st when Joe Willock, you know, the, on the esque like finish, 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of the keeper for three no going into half time. It, it, it was a basically a, a routine result and a very professional result. The manner in which in which we got the, the uh, three points on on Thursday night. Because I mean, look, we didn't really look since we knew that we had the three goals in the bag. They didn't push themselves that much in the second half. It's almost like you know, let's do get more possession. Because I mean, at times you could see the wind was already out of force class sails. They were just, you know, randomly... Because, I mean, they weren't even high-pressing or anything anymore. It was just like watching a training game the second half. Yeah, and it allowed us to make um, bring on some new faces as well um, in the game as well. I think you mentioned it as well to me privately about there's this new guys that, that they brought on, especially this is it a medley guy, the the centre back. I, I think he I did, really like him. I really like he, him. Did, he did quite well. He's very calm under pressure, actually. Like what, what 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 I really liked seeing him is look, it's been years since we've had a natural left footed centre back, and you can actually see he looks at you know added with that confidence that he has. But I mean to see a bobbing pass naturally with a left foot, you know, out to the left. Not like, you know, we have Kosialni playing there or Mustafi or whatever, because, you know, they're always going to have to check back if you want to make now a clinical pass type of thing. But I mean, you had now somebody, because look for me, we had a, if I must just go down history lane, uh, we had now somebody like uh, Sylvester as a left foot center back. And for Marlon as well, he wasn't also left foot. So that is all, and that was almost like a torrent here in our defense. <laughs> But I mean, now, I mean, you can see the potential is there. And, and I mean, I like, what I also like of him is he can take, he's a good ball player. So you see him now, you know, running with the ball. He's not shy to, you know, because look, sometimes, especially a new center back or a youngster, when they come in, they just want to get rid of the ball. They, you know, but he's somebody you will take, as you said now, he takes the ball on, he, he you know, he looks where he can play. Or if he says, okay, nobody's tackling me, I'm going to go, I'm going to go with the ball. And that's what I enjoyed of watching his play and like that little, uh, but it's a footwork where you can see the confidence is, uh, you know, going through him. Yeah, and uh, I think it's there's a lot of belief in the players now, and and you can see it. And the, I think that um, going forward, we even not even this uh, like you know core eleven we have now the core squad, but these youngsters are could be talents and prospects for the future. Yeah, because I mean, look, we didn't see that much of that. Uh, what's it? Gilfo guy, Gilfo, Gilmore, Gilmore. Gilmore. Yeah, I think it's Gilmore. Uh, Bukayo Saka. I mean, that guy I didn't see that much of, but I mean, one person that I actually really felt for, but I mean, this, look, this is also coming with that youthful side of him, but was that Edin Ketia? And I think he, I think, I don't know if we mentioned in previous podcasts where I said he sometimes seems to try too much. I mean, you can yeah. see the talent, don't get me wrong, you can see the talent is there with him. But I think he just tries too much, and he, you know, uh, and that's why sometimes uh, that there were numerous times where he, I saw him really frustrated and having a go at at his fellow players because he wasn't getting that ball in time. But when they showed the replays, whatever, he kept on. He's not watching the line because look, he's not. I was like, you know, so excited and whatever. So he's never really watching his line. So every time he's drifting, he's not even being caught offside. He's drifting offside all the time. And I'm thinking because you can see every time. There was one way that Saka guy could have passed him, and when he saw um, Nikete was uh, running off, he rather cut back and play the ball safely, like you know, play the five-yard ball back. Whereas if he now, you know, made his darting runs wiser, I think they, that 
I think all because look, we had quite a creative bunch of players in the latter part of the game as well. I think he could have come on the end of a few shots, but I just think he's too. I don't know. He, someone needs to just calm down because he is a, a talent. Because I mean, uh, we've seen that before. But because he's he's quite prolific in the in the under twin uh, under twenty three league, but I just think yeah he needs to you know you know take a breath, focus a bit more because that is the only positive I see for him in the long run in that line. Yeah, uh, but uh, we 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 positive performance all around and we we take the three points and but now moving on to probably the date everybody marks off on the calendar when the fixture list comes out. The North London Derby. Not going to be an easy one. Going to be probably one of the toughest games we've played this season. Yeah, I actually think it will be even tougher than the Liverpool game because I just think with uh, the, you know, the Derby rivalry, you know, City thing and the whole thing, I just think they're going to come out probably flying. The only thing is, as I told you before, look, Emery is keeping people, a lot of coaches of his opponents now guessing. Because, look, he, he showed now he's not scared to play three at the back. He's not scared to go four, five, one. So, it depends how that's not going to play. Because I'm sure Pochettino's probably trying to also, you know, think how best to combat our type of formation. But that said, I think we should be more positive in this game. I think we should really have a go at them. Because in the games that I've watched now before, you saw Chelsea being totally blasted away by... by Tottenham the other day, but that said, there's a period where Tottenham normally go into that lull phase, and that is when they, you know, take the foot of the gas, and that is when Charles was like swarming them later later on in the game. But I mean, look, they now at the game one, and but I'm just saying they they do show vulnerabilities when they actually get attacked, you know, when you go at them, and that is where because I think teams are almost like too scared because they know Tottenham can hurt you with Son, Kane, Deli Ali, Ericsson. Um, what's it, Mora? So I, I just think if you take the game to them and 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 have these players, these creative players, even of, of Tottenham, having to defend, then I think you're taking the game to another dimension for them. My only worry is if, if, we, if we start off slow against Tottenham and they come with that same type of performance they did against Chelsea, we could find ourselves in the pit of trouble. Yeah, because I mean, for me, I just the my main worry is. That, that, that recklessness that we sometimes have in, in the center of defense, that is my worry. Because I know, I, I'm sure Torreira and them would have been told now, look, what is now expected of them for this, especially this derby now. So they should be, you know, more uh, disciplined now, you know, defensively. Because we don't need two of them to be, you know, doing lung-busting runs there and then leaving us that defense open for Son, Kane and, and Mora or somebody to... You know, totally poke holes into that we don't need. So I think more disciplined approach, but I think our attacking three should also be a touch more ruthless because look, there were game, there were parts in that game against Bournemouth the other day. I mean, I, I, a lot of, I noticed a lot of people didn't mention it, but Obama did fluff quite a few chances leading up. Oh, definitely. I mean, fine, we got the winner and that, but I'm just saying now, you can't always sometimes ride on that sort of luck. You need to sometimes be clinical, whether it's, you know, to almost like kill off a game. Because I think the more we toy and whatever in games, that is where other teams still have hope somewhat, you know, like, okay, we can still actually get something out of this. But yeah. I want us to, you know, play the, play the opposition totally out of the game. You know, 
from that position, I mean, uh, like not just position football, but be clinical, be ruthless up front, take the, you know, get the goals that we need and so totally take the wind out of the opponent's sails. Like we showed against Fulham and Leicester where we just, you know, ran riot and then like they just looked a depleted side. So I think we need to, like you said, put our chances away when it does come tomorrow. And I'm just worried about our left left side because Son, you saw on, when he plays on the right hand side, he can be extremely dangerous for these runs. Yeah, but I, you know, to be honest, I just don't think Son would get that sort of freedom. Like, I mean, the way he just uh, ran around Jorginho. I mean, it was embarrassing the way he just, I mean, he <laughs> just like lightly waltz past him and then he still stares, the desk, shift the ball past the two seconds back to between, I think, David Luiz and I forgot who the other one was to, you know, that they were that, what was it, the second goal? Oh, the third, the third goal, the third goal. But, um, you know, with regards to tomorrow now, I just, you know, look, I, I always try to look for the positives <laughs> also. But I just think with, Look, they had now the, the Inter Milan game on Wednesday. They played now with just about, you can say, the first 11. Well, I think only, what, what is it, Ericsson, something like that, who's also part yeah. of the first 11 normally in the league. He came on as a sub. But other than that, they were pushed all the way. And look, they, they came away with that, that 1-0 win against uh, Inter. And whereas, uh, you know, we had now probably the majority or the core of the squad back in London, having doing their training and that they're preparing for the game. And they should be fresh. And I mean, that is honestly, that is what, what, what's kind of making me positive. And I just hope the, the the players express that too, because they're now all well-rested. People like Ozil will probably now come back. Because look, that was probably also a wake-up call he was born with. But I think now the, that wake-up call has been given. So, you know, a bit more is expected of him going to that game. So I just think, and, and, and for me also, another key point is, since Tottenham were pushed all the way in that game, because look, that was a late winner that they got. Against yeah. them. I just think since we, like as they say, we're the second half team of the season, like everybody like in that in the, the, the stats and that. I just think that is where that freshness of our team can really be kicked into overdrive. I mean, I'm, of course, it's for us to see now tomorrow, but that's just my gut feeling. It says if we not play the game right, discipline that first half. If we can nick something there, fine in the first half. But other than that, second off, that is when we should be kicking into overdrive because that is when that legs are going to get heavier of them. I, th- I think if, if we somewhat level at half time, I think you could see um, Spurs getting opened up quite badly in the second half. Um, I but, mean, also, uh, just uh, let uh, Spurs uh, have them to hold up on. Just quick, uh, sorry to interrupt you. Just a quick uh, that, uh, throwback to that, that Liverpool game. Just think, Liverpool were swarming us that first off. I mean, literally yeah. swarming us. I mean, it was like, you know, we were just playing for the the whistle for half time and just uh, clinging on to that uh, being one nil. Yeah. But, you know, second half, when you saw Firmino totally out of the game, I thought, I mean, I thought they were down to 10 when at one point. And then you had Salah just being totally drifted out there on that flank. Mane was, you know, coming in fits and starts, but other than that, nothing much. So it's like, that is where we were now taking advantage of things. And that is where I, I, I think we should almost like, you know, hammer on that advantage against them when that leg start getting heavy. We just shouldn't give them something to hold on to. I mean, you don't want to go in behind in the first half because then they have no almost no reason to come out and like you know chase a game against Arsenal. But if we can go zero zero at half time, I mean, or one one two two whatever. I mean, then you'll see possibly Spurs struggling with Arsenal even more so. Because I mean, that Alderweireld and them they normally do play a solid game in the beginning, but yeah, see they 
afterwards, that concentration does go by then, like as the game wears on. And I mean, for me, I think Torreira is going to really need a hell of a lot of help, you know, with regards to that sort of that. Look, they got a very creative midfield, all of them, and they grafted. So we're going to need all the subs. And, and I think Xhaka is somebody that's going to need to put out like a, what you would say, like a Liverpool type performance where he's going to have to really get involved and be almost all over the place just to nullify them. Would you go with four centre-backs in that game? Would you go with a 4-3-3? Three, three? Would you go three at the back again? With, or do you go Mustafi? They, they will probably try to make it, uh, you know, full again. They're going to probably try to pack that midfield again to frustrate our, you know, possession or passing game. That, that's one thing Pochettino is going to try to do that because that will just spring them into different counters against us. So I think, I mean, I personally would go with a four, but then Socrates and, and Holding because I, I don't know, I, I just don't know, you know, you know, don't know what sort of performance you're gonna get from uh, what's his name from Mustafi, especially in a derby like this. I just don't know. So I would rather have us go with Socrates holding for me, both stable, and I think the two of them also feed off each other with like you know confidence wise because Socrates also you know normally shows that sort of you know Conan like aggression. So I think that's what we're gonna need tomorrow. Well, I, I, I have a feeling, uh, I know it's much of a negative, I think we, it's going to end in a stalemate once again. I don't think we've beaten any of the, the big six yet under Emre, so I think it could end in a draw. I think I'll be going to one Arsenal win. Uh, either way, we still then roll on to 19 in a row unbeaten then. We can all hope. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I would like to say thank you to all our listeners all over the world. Much appreciated. I hope you guys have a fantastic weekend. I'll say bye-bye. Enjoy the weekend, guys, and enjoy the game.